Grace and peace to you, Bloom, and welcome to our Guided Liturgy podcast. My name is Seth, and I am the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. And today, David, Dulcie, and I are going to be guiding you through the liturgy, scripture, and prayers for this week, as well as a discussion on our gospel passage, which is John chapter 6, where Jesus feeds the 5,000 with just a few loaves and fish. We're glad you all are with us. And we hope that this is a time that provides insight into scripture, a time of contemplation and meditation that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. So 
Here reading from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 3. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how high, how long, and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear a reading from Psalm 145. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him, yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him.
He hears their cries for help and rescues them. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 6. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went, because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers, so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with the scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. We had snow in Colorado, really, all through May, and then we had rain, and it's created one of the most lush green seasons that we've seen in in years. I have loved it. It feels like we live in Scotland or something all of a sudden. There's just green everywhere. It's lush. And um, it's just, we still get these evening rains, these light rains that just kind of draw you into the space of appreciation for nature and the cycle of life and beauty and really the abundance of the earth that surrounds us and holds us and that is the divine energy expressed through creation. I think about that when I think about this story, that, that Jesus is the incarnation and the manifestation of the creative force, the energy Christ. And he's in front of all these people who are hungry and they're journeying out to the wilderness or to this place where they find themselves because they're longing for and they're in search of the space that Jesus creates. He creates this picture of what life could be like, where people are healed and heard and valued and listened to. And so they they know where to go when they need healing. They know where to go to feel a part of something, to be inspired, to be drawn to see the beauty that's not only within them, but in all of creation. And so they, they journey out into creation in search of, of Jesus. And so the scene that we have is they've, they've come and it's late and, and they're hungry. And when Jesus asks, what shall we feed them? We see these two mindsets represented, one from Philip and one from Simon. Obviously, I don't know what was going on in Simon's 
head and in his heart. But I have to believe that some of what Paul talks about in his letter to the Ephesians that we just read, that we would be drawn into the experience of Christ, which is to be drawn into the experience of the creator and the healer and the lover of the energy that we call life and the energy of creation itself. He offers him two pieces of bread and two fish, which is an insanely small amount of food to feed 10,000 people, but he just does it. It's not something that's a rational choice. It's not something that makes sense. But as Paul says, it's something greater than our understanding. He's drawn into the flow of life itself, of Christ. And so he finds himself giving what they had. So he finds himself putting what they had into the hands of Jesus, knowing that something beautiful, something miraculous, something unexplainable, something of the force of creation itself would take place. And that's what happens. And you have Philip, on the other hand, who I, uh, I think is a lot like me and like, like many of us who look at the scenario and, and, and like to dictate back to Jesus, well, this is impossible. There's not enough food. Even if we worked for a whole day, we wouldn't have enough food. And it speaks to this mindset that we can so easily be drawn into where scarcity and lack is the defining construct. And so on one side of Jesus, you have Philip as the consumer, as the one who sees that resources are finite, that's bound to the rational. On the other side of Jesus, you have Simon, who's caught up into something that defies our ideas of resources and finitude and provision and abundance. And he just offers what little they have, knowing that Christ, the creative force, the manifestation of love and compassion and provision will do something with it. I love that picture as they're surrounded by creation, as they're journeying out to seek the one who defies everything that they've come to know about what it means to be a human in the human systems, the one who heals and restores and provides. But they're caught up into something so much more beautiful than they could ever put their finger on or explain in this tangible universe. And they're fed And it comes right back down to the basics of life. They're given food. So here we have in this field, somewhere on planet Earth, Jesus being what he is fully as Christ to every person. It's so compelling. It's so full of everything that God is about and everything that happens when humanity experiences Christ truly. I think because of how my brain works around, well, basically my whole value system, but especially how the church has worked previously for me, which was working to achieve, (laughs) to receive your crown. (laughs) I think I can really identify most with Philip in this moment. But I think what struck me both on Sunday when when the scripture was being read and then this time... When I was reading it, actually, it just was like kind of blown away by the compassion that Jesus's first response to the crowds following him around was not, I'm tired, Mm. was not, I'm annoyed, which are all things I feel. (laughs) But he said, sit them down. What do we have? Like, it's just very beautiful. And it's not that my response being like Philip is wrong because people have to do work. But I think that there's something else there 
that Jesus, he sees them, right? Like he actually mm-hmm. sees, I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this right, but I have in my head that everything has to be spiritual and deep. And here it is, Jesus saying, it's hot, it's late in the day, let's feed these people. Like, yeah. And there's something that actually like keeps bringing tears to my eyes about that. There's something so beautiful in being seen for your like basic needs and not for what you give. And I know there's a lesson with this, with the disciples. Like I get all of that, but I just really, I really identify with the crowd and feel like whether or not they knew that that came from two loaves, two fish and Mm -hmm. five loaves, they were just really seen by Jesus in that moment. And it's just, it's really beautiful to me. It's very humbling. I think like maybe I don't have the right part down yet, but it's just about seeing people and what they need. They thought they were there for miracles and they got a full meal. Yeah. It's a deeply spiritual and abstract in a way. And then their experience of it is so earthy. Yes. Yes. You know, beautifully simple. Yes. Yeah. I think this story is actually really, it's an interesting way to show how Jesus provided for people without them even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I feel like happens all the time. Yeah. In real life. You know, there were thousands of people there. There's no way that most of them knew that they were receiving fish and bread from a single container containing yeah. some fish and some bread. There's no way that they knew mm-hmm. that. And yet Jesus in his compassion saw this crowd and said, I bet they're hungry mm-hmm. and did what he did with what he had. And I, I feel like without the awareness of Christ all around us, we forget that that happens to us even all the time. Yeah, And that we do that. Yes. I mean, I think even as you're talking, I'm thinking like how many times have we spent months preparing for ways to serve our communities yeah. when it's actually in really simple acts, mm-hmm. like we bring what we have and yeah. let, let the Lord do what the Lord is going to do. Right. But like, it's how many times have I spent months producing bread <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for the tens of thousands? And that's not what I needed to bring. Right. Yeah. And we can learn so much from that little kid. Yeah. Maybe he was really young and, and didn't know that this was not enough to feed, you know, <laughs> right. 10,000 people. Well, the funny thing, it wasn't even his idea. It was Simon. Simon just volunteered. Oh, he just him. saw it. He's like, "Hey, that kid has food." <laughs> so we don't really know what this kid, this kid was okay with this or not. Yeah, the kid was probably like, "Mine," you know. That's what kids say. I think we're hoping that he was okay with it. But we, yeah, still, whether he offered it freely or not, it it was his, and because of that, he, you know, he played a part with God mm-hmm. to feed these people. Well, I love it because it's, um, you know, we talk in Bloom about the the work of Christ and the presence and the, the mystery of Christ being like a river that flows mm. uh, throughout creation, throughout our lives. And and our only role, our only job is just jump in. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of love that Andrew kind of pushes the kid in the water. He's like, well, you have something, go. <laughs> and it's, right. that's so true yeah. of of being around Jesus that, there's this energy created that Mm -hmm. not only do you want it, you kind of end up wanting it for the community. This is like a double-edged story because you have that whole work 
to me, that's more on the abstract mystery, supernatural side of things, you know, their hearts choosing to jump into the stream of what Christ is doing. They're up on the hill and then you have the people like y'all are saying that get fed. I mean, they just leave going, you know, we should come back here again. That was awesome. (laughs) But we don't know if they were aware of the miracle, which I think is where we all are. We were talking about the Mars lander the other day that showed us the core of Mars and reminded us that we are held precariously between a nuclear event at the center of our Earth and the vacuous space Uh right above our atmosphere. I mean, the chances that we're here are mathematically impossible, but we are. I think that we forget that at every moment we're held, we're provided for. Yes, we're hungry and yes, things hurt us and we go through trials and we have, we, we suffer the ending of relationships and the straining of of relationships, but it's still within it all we're held. It's just something that's a shame that we forget. And I forget the reaction of Christ to humanity is to provide, to feed, to hold. And it's such a beautiful reminder of that. The story is. I only want to mention this because I think we are coming out of a really hard season Mm -hmm. is that when Jesus went to test Philip, asking him how they were going to feed them. Jesus knew Philip had nothing, and yet everyone was still fed. And maybe that's why this is striking me so much, is that I've spent so much of my life producing and trying to be the right kind of Christian for Jesus. And what this shows me is that Jesus cares deeply for even simple things in my life and that I don't even have to bring anything to be fed. Mm-hmm. Because I, like I mentioned, I am Philip in this. I would have been like, okay, we'll need to do a fundraiser. We'll need to get some money together, right? Um, I've been Philip a hundred times where I've planned and there have been a few times where I've been the kid and said, this is what I have, but... I don't know, coming out of a season of of not a lot, it's just beautiful to know that Jesus uses what's brought to him Mm -hmm. for the miracles that feed everyone, even though Philip didn't have an answer and he didn't have a cliff bar to offer, right? He still Mm -hmm. got to participate and be a part of this thing that Jesus was doing. Yeah. I like that Jesus was inviting them to participate with him, to partner with him. Mm-hmm. So much of the time we see Jesus get frustrated with them because they're not getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some reason this felt more kind and more invitational because he's like, look at all these people. I bet they're tired. What should we do? Right. You know, he still kind of guides them, pushes them along, but he invites them to, to help him, to work with him. Yeah. When he didn't need to do that, right. he could have just been like bread, <laughs> and then like like a Oprah taping or something. Like <laughs> they look under you their seats and there's bread. <laughs> you you <get> know, <laughs> he could have done that, but he didn't. He invited his friends and mm-hmm. his people to partner with him. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I would think that each of us are all over the story as we close and move into a time of meditation and prayer. 
it's a good thing to ask the spirit, where am I in the story? Hmm. And I think that most of us can most certainly identify with the crowd, literally journeying across the landscape to find that person in Jesus that shows us what life could be, where we feel believed in and valued and like we're a part of something and we're healed. I mean, that's why they came out, because they were hurting in body and in mind. Mm-hmm. Not to bring up the last year and a half again, but I mean, we're all in that crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's provision for that. And I think I most certainly, they'll say, I appreciate what you're saying that relate to Philip of how is this going to be done? This is impossible. I get that we're supposed to be about healing and provision and grace and all that, but this is not working. Right. Like now it's on us again. Yeah. You said your burden was light, but it's not. And I'm in that place quite a lot. Yeah. And then there's this place where Andrew is that feels much like what Paul is inviting the church in Ephesus to, to experience. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to know how it all works. Just jump in and be drawn by the experience. And there's many of us that we encounter that force of love, of creation, of beauty that we see in Christ, and, and we're drawn to it. We can't explain how it's all going to work. We can't explain where it comes from or where it goes, but... Um, We know that we want to be a part and we want to offer all that we have or offer all that a poor little boy standing to the left of us has, which is what (laughs) Simon does. But, but he, he jumps into the stream of Christ Mm -hmm. and, um, I think there's many of us that are there. We just want to be a part of the restorative work of beauty on the earth. So why don't we do that is, is just give time and wherever you are uh, joining us in this community, in this experience, just invite the Spirit to speak and to examine your heart and your your mind, your life, and, and be found wherever you are by love and provision and by invitation. Peace to you. We pray to God, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, creator, and renew the earth. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, counselor, and touch our lips that we may proclaim your word. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, power from on high. Make us channels of peace and ministers of healing. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God. Give life to the dry bones around us and make us a living people, holy and free. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, wisdom and truth. Strengthen us to be bold in faith. Holy Spirit, come upon us.